and one. Hi guys, it is Esther again. Thank you for tuning in once more. I'm with another wonderful book sister. Romy, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? <laughs> Hello, I'm uh, Romy Brooks and I am a positive psychotherapist uh, and hi clinical hypnotherapist and actress and singer and various other things. Uh, I'm really, really pleased to be here. Thank you for um, asking me, Esther. And it's really so cool. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this. Um, so one of the questions I'm asking everyone is how do you, do you get involved in the book in the first place? Uh, I went to I went to university with um, Kazir um, and who who was creating the book and we were actually at the same we were doing the masters in applied positive psychology and we started in 2016 and um, so I I knew her then and I knew I'd gone to one of the workshops that she'd done sort of I think it was in 2018 because um, I I loved supporting we, we were in such a, a one a lovely lovely group of people doing the masters and every one of them that was then going off and and writing a writing a book writing a few books doing a program uh, creating something I would really be interested and want to support them in some way so I'd go to whatever they're doing or I'd buy their book or and um, yeah so I went to uh, workshop one of the big sort of conference workshops that she did uh, which I really enjoyed and that was I think when she was first launching the the um, pay it forward series so was and, that book one I guess yeah that was book one okay and, yeah I was going to say I wasn't in any position at that point to be a part of it because I was right in the middle of doing the masters and yeah. various other things so um, but it was just at the back of my mind that this you know this was this was good and just wanted to see how it sort of panned out and I was really interested in in the whole program and the, the mission as itself. So did you get back in touch with her about volume four or did she approach you and ask you if you'd like to be in it? Um, I think I can't actually remember I think I think I, I saw I think I saw a, a link come up and I think I liked it. And then um, I think then to, we, we started chatting because we periodically would talk every now and then anyway um, about various things that come up and I'd private message her and things. So I think it was literally just a span of, of having a chat. Then I hopped onto one of the um, sort of the tutorial things to just find out a little bit more. And then I thought, actually, this is something that I want to get involved in. And it was strange because at the time there were so many things going on. And I was thinking, but but there was something in me that just said, no, this is the right time. And also I, I actually started on completely different reasons. So it wasn't even for myself, actually, because I'm I'm a part of a creative team for something that my brother's doing. Um, which is Super Brain Heroes. And I thought it would be a really good way of sort of um, talking about what he's doing and supporting him. And okay, can you tell us a little bit about Super 
was it brother heroes did you say um no it's a uh, super brain heroes so super but I, the thing is i can't really say too much about okay it. okay so, <laughs> and, and that was and that was the lots of little glimpses of things yeah but, but it was it was really strange here. because that that was i i'd sort of initially i'd spoken to my brother and he said oh yeah that'd be a great idea and um but then when i started to write my chapter I couldn't write about it anyway because it just wasn't coming from me. It wasn't mine to tell. It wasn't my yeah. story to tell. And so I, I wrote and I was I was sort of all over the place initially thinking, I don't know what to do. And um, and then I just thought, right, just sit down, write from your heart what it is that you are needing to say at this moment. It's because it's a letter back to your younger self. And so, so did I you always think you had a story. Or did you think you were one of the few? Because well, I never thought I had a story. I I never thought, yeah. and yeah, so I just wondered if you, if you sort of felt what I mean, if you feel you had a story, you just weren't quite sure what it was, or did you feel you didn't have one at all? No, I had too many stories. <laughs> okay, interesting. So I had, there were too many pivotal moments, too many stories that, um, that have shaped me and changed um, the pathways and I've gone in different directions because of them. So it was almost at a point where I was right now at this moment writing a letter back to my younger self. I know it would be a totally different letter five years ago, totally different letter 10 years ago. And had I written it 10 years ago, I would have actually said, you know, Romy, you've got a beautiful family, beautiful home. Um, you've that that wonderful little house on the prairie sort of setting that you wanted to create. You've done, you've succeeded. And that would have been a totally different space to the one that I'm in now, where it's I'm not coming from a space of I've succeeded and I'm successful and I've made it. I'm actually coming from a space where everything is you know, not everything is shit because it isn't shit at all. But it's almost well, like it's really well, well, it's almost like everything was everything's been stripped bare. So everything that I am has been stripped bare, and I've had to let go of everything. And I'm still in that process of transitioning and understanding more about what that means. And every part of my identity has has been has gone. And so it's coming to terms with that and then thinking, well, who am I when I am not these identities and these labels that have been put onto me um, and that we grow ourselves. So it's very different space to where I was five or 10 years mm. ago. So again, the letter came out of that space. So that's why I didn't get to write it six years ago or five years ago, because so it needed to be said now. started to write the letter, yeah. Did it, the one, the first one you started, did that become your chapter or did you sort of start it and go, no, that's not quite right and start again or? Uh, no, I think it, it, when I, when I actually started to write the letter, it was coming out from the space I'm in now. Right. And okay. talking very, okay. yeah, and, and talking very much about this immediate pivotal moment. Um, okay. which which was very current and and that was because 
the because that was the space yeah that was the space that I was in and also it was the most uh, it, it was the it sort of encompassed everything else so it was I, I'd been it was my my marriage and my divorce and after we'd been together well we'd been together for about 28 years um and we'd been married for about 23 24 years so it was coming and he, and I had known him longer than I'd not known him um and within that marriage there had been all there'd been our whole family life that had grown up and the children there'd been everything that we'd we'd shaped together and I'd grown into a woman through our relationship so and all my insecurities and lacks of confidence and and then my growing into my confidence all of these things were within this space um so the loss of that and our beautiful home that we had and even my business um I had a therapy room in the garden and I I was that's where I used to do my therapy and my clients used to come when we when we got divorced and and we had to sell a house and stuff I hadn't factored that in at all I hadn't even thought about that so not only did I lose my family unit I also and and my home I also lost my business as well my business premises and 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 but I was in such an emotional state and I was I was still working and I was going through uh, I was doing a master's as well. So I was working full time, doing a master's as well, going through a divorce, packing, moving, and wow. also being with my children as well, you know, and and trying to... I, I just know, even without telling too much more of your chapter, I just know from what you said, there's going to be people out there that relate and, com- and see parts of themselves, if not all themselves in you. Is there one sort of overall message you would like to tell them or would like to say to them now? Be gentle with yourself. That's what I would say. And also be gentle with those around you because especially when you're going through a divorce, the, the it, it's so all of a sudden in that moment you are, it's almost like you're bringing every single past hurt up and it crystallizes and then you shoot that forward and and that's the thing that I was just preventing every single time I felt a hurt coming up I would actually go right deal with this let it go deal with it but do not bring that into this moment right now because otherwise the two people, all of a sudden, two people are not two people. They're two people plus. They've both got an army that they collect together because both want to prove that they're right in that space. And actually, the other person is hurting just as much as you. Whomever is right or wrong, there is, you know, it it actually doesn't matter. You just see it's the pain. It's about right or wrong. Yeah, it, it, it's the pain. Both are feeling the pain. And whether one wants to wants to leave and the other one wants to stay it doesn't matter it's actually seeing that pain and how you can work through it together and separately and I would say be gentle with the other person and be gentle with yourself and know that what they're what they're saying and doing is coming from a place of pain not from a place of vindictiveness very rarely I would say it comes from a place of vindictiveness and even when that is a place of vindictiveness that's really really deep pain and never been able to find a way to actually express how they feel and what they want 
but to do be able to recognize that in the moment and not react in the moment, I think takes a lot of strength. And it's something I've seen in you since day one. There's undeniable strengths that you carry and love so many other people and what you do for other people. And I just, I, 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 I don't think you realize how strong it is and how strong you are. And that comes through from day one. Thank you, Esther. That's <laughs> thank okay, you. Before you die, I ask you a different question. Okay. So, okay. Something I ask a bit like more lighthearted. Let's change it slightly. <laughs> and something I ask everyone in these le in interviews leading up is: if I say the word misfits to you, what does it mean? Misfit. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um... I <laughs> I would say um I would just get a mirror and look in my look at myself <laughs> because that is yeah. <laughs> I, I, I say that that's so expected. I would say true. We could do a double mirror based on that. Absolutely. No, I, I, I've, I've always, I've always been a, a bit of a misfit, especially at, at school. I was always trying to fit in and try, and and uh, within family as well with my my cousins. I was always watching them and thinking, how do I, how do I fit in? How do I belong? What do I do? And um, and actually that that sense of not belonging, not fitting in, um, is 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 a part of what I've later found out is I always thought there was something wrong with me that, you know, but it's it was, so amazing. Uh, <laughs> it is, it's the misfit. If you look at the world and you look at people, it's the thing what makes you stand out, what, what yeah. makes you unique, makes not you specifically, you and everyone. And everyone. in my mind, it is, it's, yeah. it's why try and fit in when you're, you were born to stand out. Yeah. It, it, it's it's learning it's a bit like Glenn's campaign learning to love yourself for being imperfectly imperfect it takes all that all of that into it and it's not yeah. exactly that but it kind of combines all that doesn't it, it, it and then does. and, and, yeah. to, and and I absolutely want to be um talking about misfits and how misfits can be a really positive thing because did you know if you look it up in the dictionary it's really negative yeah and I just think yeah. it shouldn't be we should yeah. be celebrating it as wow that is that's what makes that person really unique and incredible well one one of the things that I um I found because my because I'm I'm on the autism the autistic spectrum or the autism spectrum, uh, neurodiverse, all these different words and labels that people now are using, and they're using them. There's an, an I used to say indigo, so I used to say I'm an indigo child, and I used to describe my daughter as an indigo child, rather than use the label of autism because the label of autism was just steeped in negativity. Um, when you look at the, the you know triad of impairments. It's all about um, impairments, disability, um, being unable. Well, actually, it's just your mind working in a different way. Yeah, and also with uh, you, do, you, you have a spectrum because a lot of times people think. I mean, I remember once 
when my daughter was diagnosed with autism, my, my aunt turned around and said, but she isn't like Rain Man and she can't be autistic because that was the only the only sort of understanding that she had at that time and then you know she she learned because I think you know we're all ignorant of things we don't know <laughs> things we don't know things we don't know about we're ignorant and I don't think that people should be shamed about being ignorant because if you can say I don't know that or you show your ignorance then actually that's a place that you can learn from if you're open to learning I guess that's the point, isn't it? If you're ignorant in the way you treat someone and you treat someone badly and negatively, that is not acceptable. But if you're ignorant in the sense like you're holding up your hands and going, I really don't know. Tell me. Explain. Yeah. Uh, help me understand. Help me see it from your point of view. I always think, and this comes back from my childhood, is... Wouldn't we all be boring? Wouldn't the world be really boring if we were all exactly the same? And it's the differences in us, what makes us interesting, what makes us unique, what makes us want someone to want to know you. Because if you're exactly the same, then they already know you. They don't need to make the effort to know you. Yeah. But surely it's the differences that we should be celebrating and bringing out and just and learning from each other and developing from each other and becoming stronger and a better world because of those differences. Definitely. And, and the thing is, we can't. We, we have differing, differing ways of seeing things. Like everyone has a different way of seeing things, not just from um, maybe having a different way that your brain is, is working or processing things. It's a processing um that with with autism because also with autism you sometimes have comorbidity which means that you might have autism and adhd or autism and a learning disability or autism and you know downs so actually sometimes when you see one person that's autistic that has that label or neurodiverse people then assume all people are like that that one person they've seen when actually it's the same you don't look at a neurotypical person and think oh yes every person is exactly like that because you know that they're not so that is the same everyone is different anyway because we we have a, a different makeup of our genetically but also our learned behaviors the way we see things our personality types all of these things but that's needed so that we can actually learn from each other but also all the inventions that we have you know we we can't we can't create something new if we're coming from a place that is old, you know, if everyone is the same, nothing new is ever going to be created, made or known. You know, it's it's our way of discovering, exploring and being curious. If we're curious about each other, we can we can learn so much more about each other, but also about ourselves within that moment. And we see ourselves in each other as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And the only thing I would add to that is if COVID didn't teach us anything, it should teach us we're all connected. Yeah. If nothing else, it was this horrible, scary, horrible thing that was taking over the whole planet. There wasn't one country that wasn't affected by it. 
There wasn't one part of the world. And there wasn't one doctor who found, you know, it was everyone coming together, sharing ideas and sharing thoughts and sharing. And surely, if nothing else, we have to learn from that. We need to work as as a one, as a world, and celebrate and come together supporting each other and learning each other's differences and growing. And, and as you say, what can be invented by putting our differences together. Yeah, definitely. And it's not about putting your differences aside. It's actually putting your differences together. Together. And it's, celebrating, it's celebrating those differences. Those, those differences. And, and maybe accepting a team needs... You know, I always think um, something my dad said years ago is a team needs like different people in that team. So yeah. someone who's good at engineering, someone's good at paperwork, someone who's good at the thought process. Someone, there's no good having all engineers. Yeah. And no one to organize and make the money work. And do you know what I mean? You need a, a whole circle in the team of all the different abilities to come together. And definitely. I mean, I, I do uh, strength based coaching. And in that you actually when you go into a workplace, you go into a team, you one of the things I, I ask them to do is just um, something called BIA character strengths. And it's a questionnaire, like a survey. And what it does is it looks at your your strengths. And then from from that, you then get a sort of a profile of each person you then start looking at whether they're work in the position they're working in how they are working at their strengths and you may find that within the workplace certain people can actually take over maybe different jobs or different tasks because then they're working at their strengths and a whole team suddenly they'll go from sort of 50 percent productivity to 80 percent productivity and then work together to then push it even further and that's because all of a sudden now they're working in their strengths with their strengths they're cooperating they're collaborating and they're just mm -hmm. one team as well. the thing you do as leaders is the first thing you should do is write as a leader the team i think is write down everything you hate to do and then all these jobs you hate to do is your next job spec someone else because why why waste time on things you don't like or your weaknesses? Get someone who loves them and thrives on them. Give yeah. it to someone who will really enjoy it and free up your time to do the parts you enjoy. Yeah. And then and then you just have a happier team working together. I'm really aware that of time and me and you I know. just talk about the universe to write for hours <laughs> one more quick question before okay. we I let you go what um uh do you, are you doing next or wanted to come from your contribution to the book or where are you going next well I am um, strangely enough I was speaking to Glenn Marsden um like last night yesterday and it was I I'd sent him a song that I'd written with my my son and it was I, I write songs I've always kept them sort of to myself but I'd and then normally because I write poetry as well it was coming from my it was coming from everything that I'd I'd experienced and was going through and I just sent it to him because it was linked to the chapter and he said wow he said why why haven't you shared this with anybody and and it was I, I was, when I started out many years ago, I was, I've gone to 
I was an actress. I was an actress. I'd got I'd done some TV, theatre, uh, voiceover work. I used to sing and write songs. And then I had my family. And then when my daughter was diagnosed with autism, everything just was geared towards finding out more and more about autism. And also it reflected on myself as well, because more I was learning about autism, the more I was going, actually, this is quite, you know, there is nothing wrong with her. <laughs> She's doing all the things that I do. What, 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 what's wrong? And You know what I want to ask you now, don't you? Yeah, what? Can you share the song with us before you go? Or oh. is that too personal? <laughs> no, I can't sing it with you know to you right now, but I've I have got I've I've got the I've got it on um I I actually uploaded it onto YouTube. I sang it with my my son because I wrote it and we wrote the music and everything. And okay. and then I sort of I, I then sort of shared well, it. Well I might see if I could twist your arm and add the YouTube clip after your interview into the podcast yeah. well we'll talk about that later <laughs> i'll bribe you some cake or something oh yeah that'd be lovely yeah <laughs> i was gonna say I, I normally it was when years ago when i first started with them um, doing my therapy um and i i did clinical hypnotherapy and psychotherapy i because i i also worked as a family support coordinator with very vulnerable families and from all different walks of life but what I found was families that really needed the support um, and and ways to see things differently were, were from very, they, they didn't have a lot of money. So they weren't from affluent backgrounds. Um, and they, and, and I didn't want to, for, for therapy especially and for all sort of healing modalities, you know, there is a payment that's needed because we're all working. And I didn't want I didn't want money to be an issue and a barrier for people to to not be able to get that support and help. So we ended up doing a sort of pay what you can. Um, and then it ended up being pay what you can or trade what you can. So I ended up um, actually doing certain sessions for people, um, like what it'd be sort of one to three sessions and it'll be for a dinner. So basically I would do a session with them because I also did Reiki and other things as well. I do a session with them. And then they would bake me bread and make me a macaroni cheese, uh, like family. So they would then. Yeah, I love that the system. I think it's fantastic. It's lovely. Yeah, and I, end, I ended up, I ended up thinking, right? Well, if I have seven clients a week, I never have to cook again. Yeah. <laughs> I like your thinking. I do like your thinking. But so, what you need is actually twenty-one, so you get breakfast, lunch. Yeah. Dinner. <laughs> you're, you're thinking too small here. You were like, like a, a fry up breakfast. Yes, a really yes. nice dinner. <laughs> Definitely, but uh, but it's one of those things that I'm really passionate about. Is that you know money shouldn't be there as a as a as a barrier because money is a it's, just a it's an energy. It's an energy, and there needs to be an exchange because if someone is always getting something for free and they're not actually contributing. They don't value something. And also, it, they don't value themselves. So there does need to be an exchange of some kind. But actually, it can be, I, I look at it and I think, right, what is it that I want? What is it that someone else wants? And how can we then, where is the space in between? Um, actually, and, enough, yeah. I had a very similar question with a guy from Africa who contacted me and just wanted to give me a load of, him a load of money. And I was like, well, what are you going to do for it? 
I just like I I don't have an objection to if you really need help helping you. However, you are not I'm not just going to give it to you. There has to be a barter system, mainly because I don't think it's good for you. I don't think it's good for you to. And I was talking to an African friend about it, and they were like, our culture, men, uh, people have grown up believing that they don't have to work, believing they don't have to do anything, believing that they can just ask, and it's not good for us. Now, please, before everyone writes in saying I'm making general statements and I've been racist or anything like that, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if someone doesn't have money, there's other things you can barter with. If Instead of feeding someone, teach someone how to fish. Very old biblical story, and that's what we're talking about, is just looking at everyone has something they can do, some skill, something they can change, something they can exchange. And, it's about, it's about and, and make themselves yeah. feel better yeah. when yeah. we see that help. I, I remember being on the dole and just feeling so shitty about it. It didn't make me feel good. I felt yeah. really crap. Yeah. And and so I, it's not that I don't want to help people, but I want to empower them to do it for themselves, or at least to feel good about the exchange, not that they're just asking and... Yeah, well, because every, everyone has, everyone is of value, everyone is significant, and everyone is, is they're, they're seen, you know, and they're heard. And I think it's, when you say, I really need this, um, but I actually, I have these skills, I have these strengths and I have this, and what is it that you that you need? You know, and, and that's, that's the yeah. saddest thing is he couldn't, he couldn't think of anything he had to contribute. And that's what broke my heart, mm. is that he couldn't see how actually he could contribute and make it a fair barter trade, a fair trade, something that, that he needed and something I needed, something we both wanted, something that made us equals instead of... And, um, you know, yeah, it was just, it just made me think. Anyway, this conversation's gone on. I know. <laughs> Thank you so much, honey. I really appreciate you giving your time today. And I am so glad that we've ended up working on this book together. And I hope we get to work together again soon. Yes, me too. Thank you very much. Take care, <laughs> Bye -bye. darling. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye.